it's always great to hear of all that's going on because sometimes we get so lost in our own world we don't realize everything that's going on around the rest of the world when it comes to ministries and churches. It's great to hear of all these church plants in the making and that, as we've talked about before, even in the hard times like COVID has caused for some churches, especially church planters and missionaries, um, there's still much good coming out of it uh, because God, God doesn't surprise by pandemics and God isn't surprised by things that go on in the world. And, uh, and so he was ready and prepared for it and he's used it uh, to bring glory to himself, and we're so thankful for that, and how he's using the Rollins and the Baptist Church planting ministry uh, in, in the ways that he is. Jeremiah chapter 16 this afternoon, and hopefully, uh, we've said this before, but hopefully with all our missionaries that we support, you follow them on Facebook or on social media, so you can keep up better with them, and, uh, and keep updates on what's going on um, typically in their personal life, you can get more information on how to better pray for them if you're friends with them on Facebook. And uh, most of them are pretty good with accepting friend requests because they're always hoping for some more support. So the more friends they have, the better chance they have to book a meeting and things, not Brother Jeremy, the, uh, the other missionaries, and uh, things like that. So they'll accept your friend right away even if they don't remember who you are. Um, but uh, I know most of you do that with most of our missionaries. And most of our missionaries are pretty, pretty active on social media, so you get to keep up with a lot of what's going on. I know uh, Brother Tolson has been posting a number of videos um, recently, live videos since they've been back in uh, Taiwan, and uh, that stuff's great to see. Um, I enjoy, I watch Brother Mark and Ara's um, services every now and then. Uh, they have them live streamed on Facebook, and even though I can't understand anything that they're saying every now and then, I like to tune in and and watch it for a little bit and pray for them while I'm watching it. And uh, that kind of stuff is a lot of fun as well. And looking forward to having uh, Brother Mark and, and Aura with, your, with us in February um, uh, as well. So continuing to hear from our missionaries, getting them getting the chance to see. We talked about this when we got the building. Not only do we get to see, there are other people who are from the outside looking in saying, boy, God's really been good. They're seeing God's blessing through the building and through the property and things like that. And Brother Jeremy, who saw our first building and, and I believe our second building and definitely our third and this one, seeing just again, it's just an encouragement for Christians to see God's provision. And I'm excited that our missionaries get to come and, and see the building and see what God is doing in our church, how God is blessing our church. And we pray that God continues to use our church to be a blessing to others as well. Jeremiah chapter 16 this afternoon, we're going through uh, the book of Jeremiah. I kind of want to look at three sections in this chapter and three thoughts from these sections. Uh, let's start, <coughs> excuse me, let's start in verse number five. Uh, it says, For thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor bemoan them, for I have taken away my peace from this people, saith the Lord, even loving kindness and mercies. Uh, both the great and the small shall die in this land. They shall not be buried, neither shall men lament for them, nor cut themselves for make, uh, nor make themselves bald for them. He's talking about the lack of mourning for the loss of lives. This is our first section we're going to look at, then we're going to look at a few other verses as well. But let's pray first. Lord, help us as we look into these couple thoughts from this chapter. And God, I believe for me it was challenging. I pray it will challenge us today. Uh, to live more for you, more obediently for you, closer to you. And God, may again we use the example of, 
of one people's failures, Lord, so that we don't make the same mistakes and fall in the same way that they did. Lord, help this to motivate us, to challenge us, um, Lord, to show us why we should live for you better moving forward. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we see here in Jeremiah chapter 16, this verse, and there's, we're skipping through a few things uh, this week, but we see here in verse number 5, I find it interesting here, for God's saying, uh, don't go into the house of mourning. You're not, these, I mean, generations are going to die is what he's saying here, and as they do, there will not be that normal sense of taking the time to mourn for them and, and to, to bemoan all the loss and all the things that are going here, but along with this idea of, uh, of not mourning for their deaths, I think it's important that we understand there is a need here uh, to mourn for the sin, but not for the death. Now listen, and what I mean by that, look in verse number 8, thou shalt not also go into the house of, of uh, feasting to sit with them to eat and to drink. So he's again talking about all these things that they're not going to do, that God doesn't want Jeremiah to do, and and these sorts of things. And the problem is, is a lot of times uh, we go through and we mourn all the bad circumstances. And we complain or we even just sorrow over bad circumstances that we kind of miss the whole point uh, of it all together. And you look at our country today, and uh, let's say the election goes opposite of the way you want it to go, whatever way that is. And opposite of the way you want it to go, there's potential for Americans, and even more specifically, Christians in America, to go, oh no, the world's ending. Everything's going everything's to collapse now. And tomorrow I probably won't even be able to own a Bible, uh, let alone read my Bible or go to church. And immediately there's going to be this reaction if the election goes one way, where a, a lot of Christians in America will immediately go, oh, this circumstance is horrible. This is just bad. This person's not right for the office, and this person's not good for Christians, and this person's going to do this, and this person's going to do that, and all these sorts of things that many, not all, many will overlook that there is a greater situation in America today than who is the president that we need to be worrying about. It's the sin in our country. You see, these people, and this time in Jeremiah chapter 16, what is the purpose or the reasoning behind the circumstances that are happening. It's their idolatry. It's their wickedness. It's their sin. And so many people will complain about, well, God's not protecting us, and God's not helping us, and God's not blessing us, that they overlook the fact that there's a problem, and the problem is the sin within the country. And too often, Christians base the good and bad of the country on a politician, whether it be a local politician or a national politician. And instead of realizing the problem isn't the politician, although they're problems, all of them are, the problem is the sin within the country. And until our country comes to the realization that the lifestyles that we are accepting in our country are wicked, are evil, are godless, and until we do our part to help with that by the presenting of the gospel, then the problems will persist. And as a matter of fact, sin is a greater problem than lack of liberty. And we talked about that this morning. It's, it's a greater issue, the fact that our country is wicked, than it would be as if we lost our freedoms as a country. Now, there would be other people that would argue that, that would say, no way, America, we need our freedoms, and that's all that matters. Um, I had a speaker scheduled to come this past summer that I canceled because of his reaction to some things going on in our state. And I called him and I said, this is going to affect your ministry, you acting the way that you're acting, and he said, that's irrelevant. 
I said, no, it's not irrelevant. If God's called you to minister to certain people and how you're acting is going to cause you to be unable to minister to them, that should be all that matters. But you see, the concern was, no, my freedoms, my freedoms, my freedoms. But that's not what it's about. Listen, I love my freedoms. I hope you love your freedoms. I hope you take advantage of your freedoms. But at the end of the day, we spend so much time crying over freedom that we fail to ever cry, mourn, lament over the sin in our country. We would all agree our country's wicked. That's been that way for a very long time. But we'd all agree with that, but oftentimes we feel worse about our supposed freedoms than we do about the wickedness in the world. I've mentioned this before, but you have an opportunity. You can either pray that God come back, rapture us up, take us out of this chaotic world, and judge the world for the sin that's in it, that God would return and, and, and come back and, and uh, storm through on the horses and, and wipe out the world, and let's just go to heaven and be done with it all. Or you can pray, God, have mercy on our nation. God, have mercy on our world. God, give us more time to present the gospel. Give us more time to share the gospel. Give us more time to reach people, to accomplish the Great Commission. God, have mercy. You know, so many Christians spend so much time saying, God, judge, God, judge, God, judge, and not enough time praying for God's mercy. You see, God doesn't, God loves the people in this world far more than we do. And God's going to come back on his timing. And God's going to come back when he knows it's right to do so. But I'll tell you this, don't cry about the destruction of the freedoms of our nation. Cry about the sin of our nation and ask God to help us be a part of the solution and getting the Bible, the word of God, to those around the world. Number two, we see in uh, verse number 10, and it shall come to pass when, uh, when thou shalt show this people all these words, and they shall say unto thee, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? Or what is our iniquity and what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? God says to Jeremiah, Then shalt thou say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law, and ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, you walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that ye may not hearken unto me. God says, Jeremiah, the people are going to complain. They're going to say, we're getting punished. Uh, God's mad at us. God's uh, disciplining us. Well, why in the world is he doing that? What sin have we committed? And we've talked about this in, in, what, two chapters ago, I think. But uh, there's, they're, they're complaining about all this. And God says, you tell them your fathers were evil. They went after false gods, they worshipped idols, they rejected me. That's not the reason why. The reason why is ye have done far worse. Now imagine that. The previous generations rejected God, yet these people have done far worse. The previous generation worshipped idols, yet these have done far worse. We are guilty, our, our uh, society is guilty of blaming previous generations for the problems in the world that we're presently living in. And listen, that is true at times where the, the actions of the past do have consequences oftentimes to the future. But we can't blame other people for our sins. The Bible says the soul that sinneth it shall die. The soul that sins, they're responsible for their sins. 
You can't blame your dad for your sins. There's generational sin. Uh, the term is used for a, a, a sin that's uh, passed down generation to generation. It's the same from generation to generation. We talk about it with alcoholism a lot, uh, domestic abuse a lot, those kinds of things. Well, their, their grandfather was an alcoholic, and their dad was an alcoholic, and now they're an alcoholic. But listen, they're not an alcoholic because their dad and their grandfather was an alcoholic. Yes, it's bad influence. Yes, they saw it. Yes, that was, it has some impact. But they still had the choice of whether or not they were going to become an alcoholic. And it may have been harder for them. The temptation may have been greater. Uh, the, the, the pool may have been greater because of the environment they grew up in. But it's still on them. It's still on you, the sins that you commit. And God says, they're going to come, Jeremiah, and they're going to complain about these things, but you tell them, yeah, your dad uh, forsake me. Yeah, your grandfather forsook me. Sure, the previous generation walked after other gods and served them, and, and they have not kept my law, but what you're doing, you've done worse. You've done worse than your father's. And it says, it's important, in verse 12, you walk of his, uh, excuse me, you walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart. It's much deeper than just the actions that you're doing. It's the, the inside um, attitude that you have, the spirit that you have. Your heart is evil. You're following after the ways that, you, that only benefit you. And it's an inside moving outward rejection of God. You see, we have to be careful because oftentimes we will blame other people, other churches, other Christians, previous generations. Listen, In, in any, any setting in life, you're going to find bad people everywhere, okay? There's an argument, and I think it's a fair argument, that there was a previous generations of Baptists that have done some things that, that just aren't right, just plain and simple, just aren't good, aren't godly, or selfish, or prideful, and in some cases, incredibly wicked. But, you know, we don't sit here and go, well, because they were wicked, we might as well just follow that path, we might as well just do what they did. We are independent Baptists. You know what that means? We're independent. <laughs> we don't answer to other churches. We don't answer to other pastors. Um, when we started this church, I'm thankful. Uh, my pastor, when we started this church, he told me, Vince, I wouldn't do it like that. He said, but having said that, and I've told you that now, it's up to you what you do. It's the church that God's given you to, to pastor, and you do whatever you will, but I don't think this is wise. And I appreciated that. Because I know other pastors that, that would just say, you're not allowed to do this. You can't do this. And even though they may have been right, the attitude in which they came about it was wrong. See, for me, I can't go to God uh, when I stand before God and say, well, God, I know you didn't want me to do this in the church, but my pastor did this, and so I just did it the same way he did it, and so I should be okay, right? I'm covered underneath, you know, it's his fault. You know, God will say, no, you're responsible for your own actions. Stop blaming other people. You see, we have to understand that, number one, we need to sorrow for the sin and, and not for the, the freedom. Then, number two, we have to understand that you're responsible for you. You're responsible for your sins. You cannot accept, and God will not accept, well, but society was doing this, and compared to them, we weren't as bad. Well, see, culture, God, culture demanded that we did it this way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. God says, you either hearken to me or you don't. You either listen to me or you don't. You either follow me or you don't. It's just that simple. Then lastly, look in verse 17. For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, neither is there iniquity 
hid from mine eyes. I have this written down in my Bible, and I don't know where I heard it at, but I'm sure I heard it or read it from someone. Their eyes are not on God, but his eyes are on them. Their eyes are not on God, but his eyes are on them. And the same is true for us. Maybe we're not looking at God. Maybe our eyes aren't on God. Maybe our heart isn't looking towards God, but God is still seeing what we are doing. And God says, mine eyes are upon all their ways, all of them. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. When I was about 23, I believe, I was married, and I was working in full-time ministry, in Christian camp ministry. I sat down with my dad one day, me and my sister, we were just talking, and we started sharing stories of all the rules we broke when we were in college and high school. And, uh, and I remember my dad, he just shook his head and he said, why are you guys telling me this? And we said, because you can't do anything about it now. <laughs> and so we were sharing all these stories about just the, the um, you know, during camp season, the things we did after lights out, um, the swimming, went swimming when we weren't supposed to and went places we weren't supposed to and all this kind of stuff, ate ice cream uh, that we weren't supposed to eat and those kinds of things and, and the stuff we did in college. And, and I was surprised with some of the stuff my sister was sharing. I was like, wow, she really is bad. Uh, but... Um, we would sit there and we'd tell these things because, you know what, Dad didn't see it when we were there. I mean, he saw plenty of the bad things we did, but these were things he didn't know about. And, uh, and we shared it because we knew there was, he, wasn't, he couldn't do anything about it. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to take us over the knee and spank us then. Uh, but nonetheless, you see, my dad's eyes couldn't be on me all the time. My dad couldn't see everything that I did. My dad didn't know everything that I did. He still doesn't. We didn't share everything. Uh, but... Uh, Nonetheless, God does see everything. The littlest of things God knows about. The things that you know no one in this world will ever know about, God does. Our eyes may not be on God, but God's eyes are on us. And I say this anytime I, I mention this kind of idea that God is always watching. That is a negative thing when you're doing evil it is a great thing when you're doing good. When you're being obedient, it's not scary the fact that God is watching you. As a matter of fact, it's great that he is. The rewards that we receive in heaven, the blessings that we receive on this earth are a result of God seeing us. We serve and we do things that no person will ever see or know about, but God sees it and he says, thank you, well done, keep up the good work, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to provide for you because of your faithfulness. When we're doing wicked, when we're doing sinful acts, God sees that too. In verse 21, he closes out the chapter and says, Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. These people have rejected me, they have disobeyed me, they have went to false gods, they've went to idols. They are going to know who the one true God is. Listen, this earth is wicked and it's sinful, but there's going to come a day where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's going to come a day when God's might will be seen among all the earth. 
there will be no question about who God is. But today, there are people who do question. Is our life being one that shows people who God is? Or is our life being one that blends into the world and they can't tell a difference? God here says we need to sorrow for the sin, not for the chaos and not for the the loss of freedom. We also need to understand that we are responsible for our sin and we need to understand that even though our eyes might not be on God, His eyes are on us. Let's praise the Lord, let's obey the Lord, let's just simply follow Him and do what He asks us to do so that we can be what God wants us to be and we can accomplish what God intends for us to accomplish. We can't do that unless we're being obedient, following God. Don't make the mistake that these folks made. Learn from it, understand there's consequences. Consequences to your sin, consequences to your pride, consequences to your decision to go a different direction than what God tells you to do. And instead, just know who God is now. Follow Him, obey Him, trust Him. Trust Him. Trust that His way is perfect and that His way is right. And then watch God uh, respond accordingly to that. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you teach us. We thank you for, again, the fact that we, we have the opportunity to learn um, from others' failures. God, may that help us um, to not make the same. Lord, I pray that today you would help us as we look at our country, that we wouldn't just complain about the wickedness of our country, although it is wicked. God, would you help us to have a burden for the lost? Lord, would you help us to pray for mercy and for your power that we can go out and reach the lost as opposed to just praying that you'd come and destroy them. God, I pray that you would help us to understand in our lives things that shouldn't be there. God, would you convict us today of the sin in our lives, Lord, that will come to you and as David prayed, search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my ways, see if there be any wicked way in me. God, I pray that you'd help us to clean out our lives uh, of the things that should not be there And God, I pray that you'd help us to understand that your eyes are on us. And God, even when we're uh, trying to get away from you, as Jonah did, Lord, you still see us. God, when we're trying to get away from you and not follow what you want us to be, God, would you help us to understand your eyes are on us. You see our sins, but Lord, you also see our faithfulness. And God, may we live life with the wonderful thought that, hey, God is watching me. Lord, help us today as we go our separate ways, protect us, provide for the needs that we have this week. God, I'm so thankful for the Rollins and their faithfulness uh, to you and and helping with church plants across the world. We do pray for Teresa. We pray that you would give her complete and full healing or that she can begin feeling well again soon. Pray for safety as uh, they travel from different places across the country. Uh, Wisdom to help lead the ministry of Baptist church planting but also uh, wisdom to help these church planters in each unique situation that they're in. God, we pray that you'd bless uh, bless their ministry, provide for their needs um, as well. God, we thank you for a great day in your house. Thank you for the visitors we had this morning. And God, I pray that you'd continue to bring us folks that we've been inviting. And and, uh, Lord, it's just great to see uh, some fruit uh, from the labor that we've put in. Continue to provide for the needs of this church. And uh, Lord, for the needs of those we support, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for being here today.